episode 32 of Parkrun Adventurers. It's the episode that is old enough to know better and young enough still not to care. I'm joined by my partner in crime, Scotty. Scotty, welcome to the podcast. Hola. Obrigado, Mel. I want to answer you in Italian, but that would be incorrect. Por favor. I think I'm combining my <laughs> Spanish and my Portuguese. They're pretty much the same anyway. <laughs> I'm I'm sure they're not, but okay. And have you learned this Portuguese by watching a certain two-week-long sporting event? I would like to say yes, but no. It comes from working 10 years in a multicultural broadcaster and working on the Portuguese program. I know a little bit of every language in the world, I'm going to say. We might have to put that to the test at some point. I'll bring it. I'm ready for it. I'm a man of many talents. I know about three or four words in every language. Have you got the fever, Mel? Have I got what? Have you got the fever? Well, I had the fever by the end of last week's episode. So, yeah. Good. I gave you some homework to discover and get excited about an event that you probably normally wouldn't. Did you complete your homework? Okay. Well, I can report that I did complete my homework. Did you know that, I think, uh, and I'll probably get this wrong, canoe slalom was an event in the Olympics? Is an event in the Olympics? Yes. This is the event. You knew that. I do, because this is one of the events where they have to build these build these purpose-built sites just for this one event. Yeah, and and they're like these seriously involved wave pools with little dangly things that they have to canoe through front ways and back ways and do it really fast. And where do you even begin to train for that? You know, you can't just nip down the corner to your local pool. You have to find some kind of creek with rapids. But even then, you just... I, I am baffled that somebody thought this up and decided it should be a sporting event at a major international games. Apparently we do really well in it though. We got it we got a medal, a bronze medal. So yay Australia. It's one of those events that actually looks really hard. Oh look those girls, they're all like core muscles and arms that can row. <laughs> I don't I would I would have a lot more luck on an athletics track than doing any of that sort of stuff. And uh, yeah, it's, oh look, there's definitely skill involved and I'm sure it takes a lot of training and is a very expensive sport, as I'm sure most of them are very expensive sports. But yes, homework done. I hope you will agree. One thing I've learned from watching this two-week international sporting event is, and particularly on the weekend, we got to watch the women's marathon. And we were looking at splits, and now that we know our park run time, and we sort of know our 1k time, it really puts everything in perspective. Like, these girls are running 2 minute 30 splits for 42k. Mind-blowing stuff. I can't even do one kilometer at that pace. So it puts in perspective how bloody good you have to be at any sport to go to the two-week international sporting event. Okay, but is it just me? Or when you watch these things televised and they've got the guys on the 
the bikes with the cameras and stuff and you're seeing them from the front it just looks like somebody's going for a, a nice gentle amble it's not unless you see them in profile that you think wow they I think they're pretty well moving fairly fast but I did see online somewhere you know how you see these memes everywhere somebody had actually tweeted that they think it would be a good idea <laughs> just for a frame of reference to put a normal person an average person as a competitor in every single event so that the rest of us at home can go oh okay so that's the difference between those people and me and so you know you'd be getting lapped in the pool or you'd fall off the horse at the first jump because it's taller than you or for example in the marathon you know you would just get left for dust basically by these men and women who are doing ridiculous times because when you think about the maths yeah it doesn't it, it sounds really fast because you think oh well I'll just try to go around 400 meters once and see how long it takes me but when you watch them do it and it's so effortless and it looks so natural like um, well granted toward the end of a marathon it looks like it hurts for a lot of them but you know the, the people that win it doesn't look like it hurts so much for them and it's hard to comprehend just the the actual difference in speed and how different these people are these superhuman people in comparison to the rest of us it really is and it, it would be amazing well actually it would lose you'd lose interest pretty quickly because you would see how quickly that swimmer would fall behind or that 400 meter runner would disappear from the TV screen because they'd drop behind so quickly do you think it might make people a little bit less um, judgmental? You know, when, when we're watching these athletes and they're giving it their all and then they lose by two hundredths of a second and why couldn't they just push that little bit more? You know, we're all, we're all judging them basically on our couches <laughs> in our living rooms. Do you think that it might actually make us shut up in our own homes or we'd still be the same way we are? So could you imagine training for four years for a park run, PB, you've only got one shot at it and you miss it by 0.4 of a second and you're deemed a failure? You know what? There's only one more year until I'm four years away from my last park run, PB. So I'll tell you next May. I'm not far behind. I think I'm a year out. Every year I get to go to Maribyrnong for their anniversary. And that's usually my PB. And that's coming up in a couple of weeks. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah, so for me, it's once every 12 months I get a crack at it. Well, you could probably have a crack on any given week, Scotty. You just have to choose. No, no, no. I, I'm comparing myself to an I'm saying <laughs> okay. I only get an opportunity to do it once every 12 months. Well, the Olympians only get an opportunity every four years. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Um... Athletes who compete every four years at an international sporting event. Nice save. Thank you. And where did you get up to your parkrun shenanigans this week, Scotty? I returned to the lovely Gels parkrun. Really good event now. Really like it. And I don't know about Queensland, but the weather was particularly nice down in Melbourne. I saw the numbers were good around Australia. 
I think it's all leading to a bumper, massive spring-summer season. I, I'm sure you'll be correct because the numbers were up across the Sunshine Coast on the weekend as well and I'm already starting to plan, plan for such an increase. You excited or you scared or nervous? The warmer months and the extra park runners that come with them brings its own little set of challenges, let's say, for event directors uh, who need to try and convey to the masses that sharing a path is a good idea and that when you knock people over, you need to stop and apologise and make sure they're okay, pick them up, dust them off, all that sort of thing. So um, it's it's mixed bag of feelings for me. On the one hand, love the warm summer months, um, a lot more sweaty runners and things like that, but uh, it's it's great because for some unknown reason more people want to run when it's really hot and that just means more park runners and more people experiencing it for the first time and, and getting hooked is the word everybody always uses so yeah looking forward to it. How do you feel about the new season coming upon us? Well there's been so many events launched down here that um, like our, our numbers can be spread really well down here so I don't think there's going to be any events bursting at the seams so I'm excited by that prospect that lots of Melburnians are discovering parkrun and eventually we're going to take over the Queenslanders it's only a matter of time but um, I'm looking forward to that bring it now I thought as we're coming to the end of winter, I thought it was a good time to go tropical and head up to Cairns and catch up with our Cairns ED, Lorraine Lawson. Welcome to the podcast, Lorraine. Thanks, Scott. Tropical Cairns. Tell us about Cairns Park Run. Yeah, we do um, have the, uh, plenty of visitors that turn up and it's a little bit hot for most people. So um, the second there's a bit of rain, we go, oh, we're going to get some PVs today. So, yeah, so this weekend was a good example of that, a little bit drizzly. And, uh, yeah, and we had, had it, it makes it a bit easier for the visitors, that's for sure. What does the, um, what's the cool Saturday for you guys in Cairns? What does that look like? Well, we don't really have cool. We just have um, hot and hotter is how, how they had described it. But pr- probably with a bit of rain um, and overcast is, is nice. But we always have good high humidity. So temperatures pretty much about 26 degrees any time you come and visit us. So people people can, can feel that um, the heat, but it's more the humidity than it is the temperature. I haven't had the pleasure of visiting your course yet, Lorraine. What is the actual course like? People say they like it. So we get lots of comments because we run along the Esplanade in Cairns, and um, so so it's easy for visitors to get there, and it's um, it's nice and flat. It's not a particularly fast course because you've got to go around a couple of corners. And uh, anyone that reads the description on our Facebook or on the internet just goes, "Oh, that sounds so complicated." So I think I need to improve it. But basically, it's two loops with an out and back section in the middle. 
Um, but yeah, somehow I managed to make that sound very complicated <laughs> for uh, for people trying to run um, the just the freedom runs. I don't think you're alone there. I think a lot of course descriptions are a mess. Yeah, but we at least we got a nice map done up for us. So that looks very professional. I should actually take a photo of that because that just describes it really nice. We've put in a picture of a crocodile because uh, we have warning signs along our course that says watch out for the uh, crocodiles and um, they will eat you. And uh, in our briefing for our visitors and our new park runners, we just, uh, yeah, we do have to introduce into Gary. There isn't really a Gary, but it's always a good good joke for the for the new people to go. Yeah, watch out for Gary when you run along the Esplanade. And Gary is that's the crocodile. Oh, okay. We've named him. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's just the one then. Yeah, there's only just one. We haven't seen him ever yet, but I'm sure we will one day. It's he's obviously a gentleman if you call him Gary. If he was Gaza, you know, you'd see him all the time. Yeah, he was, named, he was named after one of the park runners, and I don't know the story behind it, but uh, the guy that's always uh, doing our race, um, our runners, new runners briefing, yeah, he, he definitely gets in and uh, makes sure everyone knows that the crocodile's called Gary. Do you actually get crocodiles in Cairns? Yes. Oh, yes. And on the Esplanade, we will get them. Um, it's it's a bit of a mud flat, so they're not. It's not that difficult to spot any. Um, so we yeah we we often get um, reports of them up um, on the beaches and also in like in they'll come up in the on the in the creeks. And yeah, I mean you listen to the radio in the morning. You go, oh, the traffic's being held up on the main road because someone's caught a crocodile. <laughs> Put it in a wheelie bin and waiting for the people to come and get it. Yeah, it's just um, it's pretty normal. They put it in a wheelie bin. <laughs> that's what I heard. Because that's where you that's where you keep crocodiles. <laughs> put it until the wildlife people came to come and pick it up. <laughs> that was where they kept it. Oh goodness. Oh my gosh. Okay, note to self, crocodiles in cans. I was looking for them when I was running at Darwin, but I didn't realise that was going to be a hazard on course in cans as well. No, it's in our risk assessment. Oh, well, if it's in the risk assessment, it won't happen. No, that's right. Now, Lorraine, I've detected a South African accent. How does a South African end up in cans? Yeah, not a uh, not very long story, obviously, but uh, we left South Africa 20 years ago. And like every other South African in Australia, I think, we, uh, we started off in Perth. It's the closest, so you just like ship your stuff over to Perth and there you are. And uh, my husband, Larry, has been a runner all his life and he just couldn't handle the weather in Perth saying, what, it's winter, it's cold, it's wet, it's dark, I can't go for a run, let's move. And so we drove around Australia and uh, Cairns was it. We thought, yeah, no, this looks good. And so we packed up and moved here 16 years ago. And we've been here ever since and never looked back. Um, so, yeah, we really enjoy everything about cans and the lifestyle and the animals. So, yeah, it's been pretty good. Nice laid-back lifestyle. Um, I sort of started running to get to lose a bit of weight and uh, just kept on going from there. So now I call myself an ultra runner. That took a, took a little while for me to realize that that's what I am. But I'm um, pretty slow, um, but I go all day. So, yeah, I enjoy that. Well, you went all day on the weekend as well. You ran a 64K event, didn't you? 
Yes, we did. We had a seriously busy weekend in Cairns for running. So there was the pyramid race um, that, that happens every year. That's 12 kilometers, so it's too short for me. And that was on Saturday. And then on Sunday, we had Coranda to Port Douglas. It's a 64-kilometer race. So I'm one of the race directors, and um, and this was the 60 I did the event. So um, unfortunately, I don't do it very fast. So it took me 10 hours to, to, to finish off the 64. But I always go, oh, it's good value for money the longer you're out there. And uh, we did see a snake, so that's always a positive. And uh, to see a bit of the wildlife. And, uh, yeah, so taking a bit easy um, recovering today. Only one snake. Yeah, no, only one snake. And I was running with a girlfriend. And uh, fortunately, she's the one that nearly stepped on the snakes. (laughs) But, um, yeah, um, her name's Sharon. And we've done quite a few runs together. And we also train together. And, uh, yeah, we've seen cassowaries out in the bush. And uh, we've, we've just got so many stories with running uh, around the bush in the Cairns region because, um, yeah, that cassowary was a bit of a rogue one and it it, uh, it uh, chased us, which is, was very scary at the time, but quite funny now when you think about it in hindsight. But, um, yeah, it, it's, just, it's just so much fun living here. Cassowaries are big birds. Those, those are scary, sizable creatures. Oh, they're dangerous. They really don't. They can, they can kill you. I don't think I've ever heard of anyone being killed by a cassowary. But uh, they do warn you that they could. And uh, we've got uh, wild pigs as well. So I don't know who I'm more scared of, the pigs or the cassowaries. But it's just, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's so good because they're so endangered now that it, it's such a privilege to see them out in the wild. And you just hide, you know, just hide behind a tree so that, um, so that they don't get you. Yeah, you don't hear about people being killed by them because their families are too embarrassed to admit it. <laughs> yeah, I always, I always go. Um, if I, if, if ever I kill a cassowary in my car, because they, they'll walk across roads and things. Um, so if you drive from, so say Cairns up to Caranda, um, they'll just walk across the highway, and you just go, oh, I just, I cannot bear the thought of being a person that ever kills a cassowary. I would have to pack, pack up and leave the region. <laughs> that would be bad. Now. I'm sure that would never happen, Lorraine, because don't you own quite a distinctive looking car? <laughs> yeah, it looks like a zebra. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm pretty sure that's probably cassowary proof, having a zebra car. Yeah, I think they'll, they'll go running when they see me because, um, yeah, it's, uh, you, can't, you can't miss me. Um, I left my car. We did another race uh, the other day. It's, it's called the Three Marathons in Three Days, and it starts in Caranda. And I left my car, and someone was supposed to drive it to the finish for day one, and they, they well, they couldn't find anyone. So there's my car in Caranda, not locked, all, all the doors are open, and someone came. And I said, oh, my car, I hope it's all right. And someone said, I hope nobody stole your car. And I said, no, that's not going to happen. But they could take all this stuff inside. So um, they hadn't seen my car when they said that. Otherwise, they, they wouldn't have made a comment like that. So. <laughs> now, day, yeah. I, I actually heard today that you can learn a lot about somebody by asking them what they've got in the boot of their car right now. <laughs> so, Lorraine, what have you got in the boot of your car at the moment? Oh, no, that's a terrible question. Okay, I've got all the gear from the weekend in my car. So I think the fruit is rotting over there because it was quite hot. <laughs> to 
And so we left the fruit. I got the marquee. I've, I've actually got the parkrun gear in there because we use some of our tables and stuff from parkrun. Um, we've got some flags from from uh, Dynamic Running, which is the club, the, our running club. Oh goodness, it's just endless. Uh, we've def- I've definitely got um, AeroGuard because we we've got a lot of uh, mosquitoes and what we call midgets. So we we you have to pretty much spray every time you go out at dusk or dawn, like um, because you get eaten to to pieces. So at Parkrun, yep, that's one of the first things that come out is the AeroGuard, so people can spray. Um, because they, they complain that they get eaten and we go, yeah, you've got to spray before you get eaten. So that's definitely one of the things that permanently in the back of my car. Okay, so what does that tell us about Lorraine? Oh, look, I didn't say I, I could interpret, <laughs> just that you could learn a lot about people. I would, okay, now I'll, I'll have a crack. I would say that um, judging by those contents, you're a big adventurer and you adventure to the point of exhaustion so you don't want to do the small things like taking fruit out of the boot before it rots after a weekend. <laughs> yeah, too tired. Those those menial tasks you just have to wait until I have yeah, have done have done everything else as I'm always busy doing something. But um invariably it's trying to to get other people into running most of the time. So we had um we had two people do their first ultra this weekend, which is which was such a treat um, to see people, you know, just come across the line and they're so elated that they've trained for so long and that they've achieved such a big goal. And uh, just for park run, you see that every weekend. And we had a lady finish this just this line and like on Saturday, and uh, she came up to me and just the biggest smile on her face, going, "This is the first time in my life I have run five kilometers nonstop." And, uh, yeah, just absolutely elated. And so you get so motivated by just, yeah, people just getting out there and just doing something. So, yeah, I really enjoy seeing that. How did you come about bringing Parkrun to Cairns? Where did you hear about Parkrun from? Well, I heard, I heard about Parkrun from Tim Oberg the first time. Um, so I hadn't, hadn't um, come across it before. Um, and I, I had to look up the dates because I couldn't I'm, – I'm terrible. I've got a terrible, terrible memory. So I looked up the dates. It was when I ran my first Melbourne Marathon, so that was back in 2012. And so I went to a uh, – it was some Athletics Australia thing, and Tim was there doing a talk about parkruns. So I thought, oh, that sounds good. Um, at the time, I was the president of the Cairns Roadrunners, so I went straight to them like the next day and said, Listen, we got to have parkrun in, in Cairns. This is like, you know, the big thing. And they said, oh, no, we can't use our volunteers for parkrun. So I thought, oh, okay. And so I sort of thought, okay, I left it. But I, it's like in the back of my mind, I go, no, but this is a good thing. <laughs> we have to do this. And, uh, and the next year um, we had um, Bruce Fordyce from South Africa, the Comrades um, Ultra Runner. He came, he came to Australia and I invited him to come to Cairns. So he did like a motivational speech for us. We organised a dinner and stuff. And so I obviously um, met him and spoke to him. And he's the parkrun boss in, in South Africa. So he's going, why is there no parkrun in Cairns? And I went, uh, well, there will be <laughs> soon enough. And so, so I, just, I just thought, you know what, anyone can start parkrun. You don't, you don't need um, a, a lot of stuff behind you. And so I just phoned up Tim and said, mate, Parkrun's starting in Cairns. What do I need to do? And so basically just started from there. 
Um, I was doing a the dynamic running, which is now a club because I pulled out of the Cairns Roadrunners and then I just started my own club. And so dynamic running was a coaching group at the time. And so for the first, oh, I don't know, first six months or so, um, pretty much the volunteer base came from that group. So I could always phone up anybody and say, can you help tomorrow? And they'll, they turned up. Um, we're pretty good now. Um, we, we just have volunteers from everywhere, obviously, come and help us out. But, yeah, so that's sort of where we started. Just after I met Tim, I got, oh, yeah, this looks good. And then when I saw Bruce, I was embarrassed going, no, this is not on. Apart from the fact, of course, that Townsville had started before us. <laughs> so there's always this little rivalry between Townsville and Cairns. I thought, listen, we can't, we can't delay too much longer because Townsville's going and we've got to get going. So on um, not Saturday, the one after, so in a couple of weeks, we've got our third anniversary. So we'll be going for three years, which is really nice. We really need to consider starting up another park run in Cairns um, because, yeah, I just, I just think we, we constantly get comments about how friendly everyone is at our park run. Everyone feels really well. I'm sure that's the comment that every park run gets, by the way. <laughs> but everyone <laughs> says, oh, how friendly we all are and how, how welcome they all felt when they came to us because it's, it's like a small town feel and everyone walks around and says hello to people and welcome them in and, uh, you know, they – they're interested in where people are from and what they're doing. So I think I think that that feel will might get a bit lost if we have three hundred people that turn up every week. Um, but um, I, th I think there 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 is an option for another park run in Cairns um, eventually. We've got the beaches, so people will drive in from as far as Palm Cove. So that's about a 40, 30, 40 minute drive. They'll come in from as, as far down as um, Gordon Vale. So that's another 30 minute drive. So, you know, we, we've only got the, it's a central location. It's very convenient if you visit it because it's right on the, on the beachfront where all the hotels are. Um, but, you know, if we had one in the, in the beaches, I think there would be a huge uh, demand for that. For, for people that don't want to get up, um, we start at 7 a.m. Um, and in winter time, 6 o'clock, it's still pitch black dark outside. So people don't like getting up and, and coming to having to drive 30 minutes. That's, that's just not on in Cairns. If you've got to go more than 10 minutes anywhere, it's too far. So. <laughs> Before we let you go, it sounds like Parkrun is going to be growing in Cairns soon. Do you get an opportunity to get out and do some adventuring? Of your own? Have you visited some other park runs? Yeah, I'm. I do. I travel a little bit, so I've I've went over to South Africa. So I met up with Bruce Fordyce again when I went there, and I ran Comrades twice. And um, the first time I ran it, um, now Comrades is run on as on as on as Sunday. And on the Saturday, I actually volunteered at Park Run. I was too scared to run 5K before my big race. Comrades is um, 89 kilometers long. And uh, so I, I, that was actually my first introduction to Park Run. I, I turned up at the expo at, in, um, in Durban. I met Bruce. I said, oh, how are you going? You just saw, you know, whatever. And he said, oh, yeah, signed up to Park Run. And I stood there on the computer in South Africa and signed up. And, uh, you know, obviously Cairns didn't exist at the time yet, the Cairns Park Run. And, uh, and yeah, and so I volunteered the next day. Um, at the North Beach one, the, the year later, by that time, we were way well up and running. 
And um, the, the next year I ran the North Beach Park Run in South Africa. That's on the Durban um, Esplanade, so that was good. I've done Stellenbosch, that's also in South Africa, and a, and a park run called Ibotsi, that's sort of in the Gauteng area in the northern middle of South Africa. Where else have I been? Um, I couldn't run in Cape Town. We went there in April, and to my disgust, they have the Two Oceans Marathon, which is a 56-kilometer race. They have that on a Saturday, and I just went, you know what? That's not on. <laughs> you can't put a race on a Saturday. Um, but, uh, I mean, I miss, I miss park run in Cairns every, every year because we run the three marathons in three days, and I run the race. I'm the organizer, but I also run the race, so I'm, I'm racing on – at running a marathon Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So, so I, I do, I it don't, yeah, I haven't got a choice in missing that one. I've done a couple around Australia as well. Um, so whenever I go somewhere, a lot, like any true park runner, you know, you've got to organize your flights. So you either make sure you finish, you run Cairns park run, or you travel so that you arrive in time to do the park run in the local. Well, you sound like a true adventurer and it also sounds to me like you go to South Africa quite a bit so I have a challenge for you next time you visit I believe there is a park run there called Piggy Wiggy Park Run I don't know whereabouts it is but your challenge is to seek it out and run Piggy Wiggy Park Run that sounds like a good idea I love that that sounds really nice yeah (laughs) All right, Lorraine, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. We've loved listening to all your adventures and finding out about Cairns Park Run. One of our listeners, Monique Brennan from Wishart, found herself in Poland overseas on an adventure. Lucky for her, Park Run has made its way to Poland. And she visited Krakow Park Run with her friend Alana from Chermside Park Run, which is in Brisbane. And the best thing Monique did was she had a chat to some of the Polish park runners for us and sent us that audio. So let's have a listen. Okay, so I'm here with the run director this morning. What's your name? Uh, Piotr. Piotr. And how many park runs have you done? Oh, one hundred. <laughs> one hundred. And how many times have you volunteered? Oh, <laughs> Uh, five? Um, I don't know. Don't know? Too many? Um, <laughs> many, many. Many? What's your favourite thing about parkrun? People, yes. Yes. <laughs> and what's your best time? Best time? Uh, 17. Fantastic, thank you. What's your name? Uh, my name is Marcin Ortman. And how many park runs have you done? I've just started, uh, it's my fifth or sixth park run. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, so I'm um, a beginner. And why did you join park run? Because uh, I think it's nice time, nice, nice uh, idea, and I think that it, it gives the opportunity, like, right, like right now, to, to meet the people all around the world. Fantastic. And yeah, have yes. you been to Australia before? Yeah, once. once. And would you like to come back to Australia? Yeah, of course. Okay, so what is your name? Jan. Jan, Jan. and how many park runs have you done? Uh, Just now, today, 142. That's fantastic. And how old are you? Uh, 87. Are you the oldest person who does park run Uh, here in Krakow? Here in this group, yes. Fantastic. Yes, but 
But yeah, and uh, during marathon, Caucasus marathon in May, I also I was the, the oldest. Wow. I, I have six hours because there was according to plan there was you know celebrated the oldest man will be on the mat. We said what for? I will be speeding. What for? I need to finish the only and feel very well. So how many marathons have you done? Oh, uh, marathons or thirty-three, uh, thirty-three. First time I had in New York. Imagine yourself. In two years, I I celebrated seventy years old and found my boss. So I, when I work in in New York near Madison Square, near Central Park, you were, John, you should celebrate here. The, you will. So you were you come along with me in the marathon. Because I will try. I will. I never. Yes, I. I, I was skier. I was uh, parachute and uh, jumper and uh, many sports. But so long, long with. No, I, I. I hadn't. I hadn't never. I never had. So I decided. I have five minutes uh, for for you know this this marathon marathon, and so. I almost was died. <laughs> no, and after two months, I returned to Krakow. Krakow started the first marathon. Oh, I finished there. Why I I can't hear? Also used. And so that's why he was. And this was my beginning. So that's why in Krakow. I finished this year 15th marathon every year, but during the year I used to have two marathons. There we go. How good was that? I love the Poles. Great to hear the Polish accent on the podcast. So thanks, Monique. And also thanks to Piotr, Marcin and Jan at the end there. Good old Jan. I think he likes to run. We're going to continue the international theme. And now it's time to catch up with someone from the Parkrun Australia family, Steve Raynor. Steve's a run director at Southbank in Brisbane, but he's also been overseas, and he's going to tell us all about his parkrun adventures. Welcome to the podcast, Steve. Thanks, Scott. Hi, Mel. Hey, Steve. Now, Steve, you went on a European adventure. Oh, yes. My wife and I, we had the trip of a lifetime for us, which we've been planning for a while. We've Went to basically France, Spain, Italy, parts of Greece, even managed to get into Turkey before all of the current problems started up and had a great time. And as you do when you're hooked on park run the way we both are, you plan the whole trip around where can you be on a Saturday to run a park run. And we managed to get in three whilst we were away. Just on that, did you actually specifically plot your trip so they will coincide with parkruns? Yes, to an extent. We Definitely for the parkrun we went to in Sicily, we had no other reason for going to Sicily. So we flew there from Florence, spent the weekend in Palermo, ran parkrun and went back to Rome afterwards. That's the only reason we went down there. Uh, it's Sicily. I'm pretty sure that's a good reason to go to Sicily. Oh, yes, it was interesting, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Everywhere was interesting. And- and what is Parkrun like in the south of Italy then? Uh, very, very small. 
I'd have to say they seem to be struggling a little. I think they had nine runners there the day we were there, and we were two of them. It's um, they, they seem to have difficulty in, in getting runners. They have even more difficulty getting volunteers. And the park run in Sicily, which is in a, a little suburb of Palermo called Udatore, the park it's in is actually the park was given to the community by the government, but on the on the total basis, the, the government's responsibility ended there. It's then up to the community to look after it. So they have to get volunteers to help look after the park as well as volunteers to run Park Run, and they have a lot of trouble with that. So that's part of the Park Run event team's responsibility is to get people to help maintain the park? As well as other users of the park, not just the Park Run people, but they, they have to do their bit as well. And I have to say the park suffers a little because of that because it wasn't in fabulous shape, um, particularly compared to the French Park Runs we went to, but the climate's different um, the day we arrived in Palermo, it was 47 degrees with bushfires all around. It was very unpleasant. Yeah, it is the middle of the year, which is, is quite warm in Italy. Yeah. But as always, the people there are fantastic. The event director there is actually the country manager for Italy, so he was able to tell me what's happening with other park runs uh, either started or about to start in Italy, um, which was interesting. Um, there's, a, there's a new one that's been going for a little while in, at place called Rimini which is on the Italian Riviera um, and I believe in the next two to three weeks uh, one will start up in Milan in the northern part of Italy as well. Ooh, I wonder where they must they must be going to run it in the Giardini Publici in Milan. Yeah it's it's very very industrial city like but the, the public gardens are beautiful. Okay okay that was a bit like Paris. <laughs> Now, so of the runners that were at Uditore, did, were they males, basically? Was it all guys? Uh, there was one woman who was a UK expat who lives there with her Italian husband. Uh, the rest, rest were males. A couple of the guys had got their mothers to volunteer, to help volunteer. That they, were, <laughs> they were there. Oh, bless. Yes, that's how they do it. <laughs> no well, they're fun. Just, they're just starting people. out in Italy. So That's right. It'll, it'll build time. up. I think you'll find Scotty's mum volunteers at Parkrun too. So it's it's not a country-specific thing. No, no. You, you take your volunteers where you can get them, though, don't you? They're gold wherever you can find them. That's right. That's right. The other runs we did were uh, we did uh, Mandevit Parkrun, which is just outside Bordeaux, about 20k outside Bordeaux. And that was absolutely beautiful through um, no, almost manicured forest and fields with wildflowers growing to finishing outside a chateau that's now a music school uh, totally out in the countryside no 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 um, solid pass it was all all trail type pass but very flat and absolutely beautiful course but again they struggle they don't have huge numbers that, that one's only been going for a little while I think they had 12 there the day we were there and I think six of those were visitors but would you call that struggling that just sounds like a small event to me Yes, I suppose so. Um, but they are dependent on visitors, and as I say, it's a bit—it's a bit out of Bordeaux. Like, if, you, if anyone is thinking of going there, you'll need to need to arrange a car and, and sat nav to get out there, because there's no public transport out there at that time on a Saturday morning. It's a little bit out there, but go there because Bordeaux and, and Mandevit Park Run were fantastic, great places, lots of wine. <laughs> Sounds very picturesque. Yes. No, we lo- we loved that one. Top ten finishes too. Oh, yes, good. yes. My wife, um, she got a podium finish for, in the ladies. She got second lady or something. No, third lady at Mandevit, second lady at Udatore. Wow, she does well in Europe. 
Yes, she does. Um, it's also part part of the reason for the trip. When we left, uh, Anne was on 97 park runs, so she ended up doing a 100th park run in Paris, which was her aim, which was something very special for her. That is special. And how was Paris? Paris was interesting. Um, more, more runners. There was 20-something runners there on the day. Um, but we all know that when you go to a park run in Australia, the, the, the run director will say, do we have any visitors today? And you know, half a dozen visitors will put their hands up and you, everybody gives them a round of applause for welcoming them. Well, at Paris, they do the opposite. They say, are there any locals here today? <laughs> two or three people will put their hand up and they get a round of applause for the locals coming along because everybody else <laughs> is a visitor. Um, it's uh, a lot of, lot of English people come over for the weekend, particularly as the UEFA football was on whilst we were there. There was a lot, a lot, a lot of English people in town. Uh, the, the event director there is actually English as well. But, yeah, I, I hear there's another one about to start in Paris, but I don't know where they're not saying just yet. But this, this one's within sight of the Eiffel Tower. You can get the metro basically to about 300 metres of the start line and it's all fine. It's great. Again, a beautiful park, been there for hundreds of years, manicured, uh, lovely cafe in the middle of it. You can sit there and have coffee and look at the Eiffel Tower. It was beautiful. Oh, I cannot wait to get to Europe and try some of these out. Yes, yes. It uh, was quite exciting for us to, to, to see how park run as we know it has translated into those countries and uh, it's quite funny in Paris, uh, the um, their timekeeper for the day didn't didn't turn up. Don't know where he ended up. And the run director, who'd only who'd only run it once before, said, "I'll I'll have to be timekeeper." So I said, "Look, I'll I'll timekeep you run." So I, I ended up being timekeeper. But again, it's the same equipment's all the same. Everything runs the same, and you can step up and do those things. So I did some volunteerism that day. Oh, nice work, Steve. Yeah, it's good fun. Yeah, it certainly sounds like it. Thanks for coming on. That's all right. Encourage every, everybody to have a go over to Europe and try some of these runs. They're just beautiful. We're now joined by a gentleman who is a park runner here on the Sunshine Coast with me, but he's been on some international adventures recently. His name is Des Roundtree. Des, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much, Mel. So tell us, where have you been? I've been to the UK for 10 weeks and uh, I managed to do a three or four park runs at Andover in uh, Hampshire and uh, also got one in in my hometown of Belfast, Northern Ireland. And what was park run like in England? Uh, the park run at Andover was pretty good. I, I, I did it three years ago, but I didn't bring my, uh, my disc with me, so I broke the gold rule of not entering. So uh, I, I made sure I brought my disc this time and uh, they, uh, they did tell me that they run that. It's on a grass track. Well, let's say uh, 60% is on fairly long grass on sports fields, and the other 40% is a bit of tarmac. A pretty level course. Runs around a bit of a duck pond and what have you. Uh, quite hard going, I would say, compared to our Kiwana Park run. But uh, very nice and... Uh, they had uh, record numbers. A couple of weeks I was there, of over 300 runners. And uh, I got to meet a few of the park runners there, and uh, it was very, very nice. They said they run in all types of weather. Even if it snows, they run. So I said, well, I don't think I'd be running in the snow, coming from where I come from. 
we are more used to sunshine and uh, the odd chilly day, but at least it's uh, dry weather. Yeah, but all, overall, it was uh, very pleasant, and uh, I really enjoyed running with the people there. Met met a couple of nice people also. So, Des, Parkrun started in the UK, so I imagine they know what they're doing. You also said you went down to Belfast. So Parkrun's pretty new in Ireland. How did you find that experience? Yeah, Scott, uh, I, uh, well, being my hometown, I, I really wanted to do a parkrun there. Cause I don't know when I'll get back again, so I thought, let me do a parkrun in the, the, my birth town of Belfast. And uh, I just picked one on the internet, and it was the Ormo, Ormo Park parkrun. But uh, afterwards, I found out there were actually seven park runs in Belfast or in, a, in and around Belfast. But the one I picked was uh, quite a nice flat one and a beautiful large park, really wooded park. And uh, also they had uh, somewhere around 250 to 300 runners. Uh, and they, they did their... Uh, their the tokens differently, whereby the runners come in and they they give them a token and they have to stand in two lines, and then they had two people doing the barcode scanning, which I thought was quite different. And I went and asked the uh, young parkrun director lady why they're doing this, because I mean I I feel that uh, especially in a climate like. Northern Ireland, if, uh, especially in winter time, you, you would be freezing, uh, freezing to death by the time you got handing in your, your token. And uh, they said, "No, that's the way we do it here." So I explained that uh, I came from Australia and the Kawana Park Run, and we did it a different way. And they said, "Yeah, uh, they, she knows that uh, people do it different ways." But you know, I thought it was quite strange for their climate, but. All in all, I really enjoyed that park run as well. It was lovely to be back home and, and run a park run in my hometown. So when I think of Ireland, Des, I think of lots of green. How was the um, scenery and the course in Belfast? The scenery was, was terrific, but uh, it's, it's, as I say, it was a very, it's, it's a very large park. When I was a, when I was a, a teenager, I used to play football in that park from time to time. It uh, brought back a lot of memories. It's a, it's a massive park, lots of walkways, uh, lots of people walking dogs, cycling, uh, keep fit uh, machines and you know, all that sort of thing. Very similar to what we see here in Australia, which surprised me. And uh, But yeah, very, very wood, woody, very green, very lush. Uh, and beautiful. Unfortunately, the, the the day I ran the park run there wasn't for any. Well, thanks very much for joining us, Des. It's been lovely to hear about your adventures overseas. It's time to take a trip around the social scene, social media scene. Let's start on Facebook. Mixing it up this week. <laughs> we had Wendy Glynn. Today's adventure for her was her 100th run at home. And she posted a lovely photo of lots of people 
at this great park run called Westerfolds. And the photo captured by far her favourite parkrun moment of the day, where all the diehards gathered for a photo. All the other people there for parkrun thought it was a thing, so they all came and joined in and were welcomed in the photo. It felt for a moment like the whole world was a Westerfoldian. Felt like the whole world was Westerfoldian. Yeah. Parkrun, where everyone is welcome to join in. Well done, Wendy. Melissa Ellis was touring at Rhodes Parkrun, and she got to meet Mr. Parkrun himself. Guess who? It wasn't me. I didn't go to Rhodes. That's that's ironic, because Melissa must have been with Run Joe Run, who said on Instagram that her 43rd Australian course was run, and she also met Carolyn from Queensland doing her 50th, and was joined by Mr. Parkrun Tim Oberg. So... Everyone's calling Tim Oberg Mr. Parkrun. I think that might be something we've called him on the podcast. I think we should take credit for this. Do you know, there are actually quite a few Mr. Parkruns around Australia, I've discovered. Are there? Who else is Mr. Parkrun? I'm not going to name names, but I think there are a few people who are going around as Mr. and maybe Mrs. Parkrun. Mrs. Parkrun. Okay. So lots of people were up in um, Sydney on the weekend for the city to surf. They were. There were lots of photos of it. City to Surf is a, a beautiful, big, giant fun run full of fun. Have you ever run it, Scotty? No, I haven't. But looking at all the photos and Facebook posts this week, I think a road trip is in order next week. No, next year. Yeah, do it next year. If you go next week, the Smurfs won't be there. Less crowds, though. Get a good clear run. You kind of go there for the crowds. I'm pretty sure if the people aren't there, then there are vehicles on the roads, and I would rather take my chances with the people. Okay, so next year, road trip. Mac Girl 19 was at Rhodes Park Run as well. She mentioned it was a gorgeous morning for a run. Our old mate will be 1981. He was up in Sydney, but he wasn't at Rhodes. He was at St Peter's Park Run. And David D'Alessio also traded in the Dunlop KT26s for more high-vis attire for the city to surf. Are you familiar with the Dunlop KT26s? I am not specifically familiar with those, but there are another Dunlop um, model that I've seen. No, not volleys. It's it's, It's something else. I don't remember what it is, though, so that doesn't help. I, I just haven't heard anybody running in Dunlops. I'm going to Google KT26s. Uh, my uncle Gary, he runs in Dunlops. He thinks all running shoes are a waste of money. How old's Gary? Um, in his early 60s. But even when he was running like his marathon distances and things like that 20-odd years ago, I'm pretty sure he still always has only ever run in Dunlops. You just don't see or hear enough Dunlops. Well, when you think about it, they make all the really good rubber tyres for the race cars. Maybe Dunlops are what the fast runners are actually missing out on. So next we'll have Bridgestone branching out into running shoes. Working on that theory. Let's get back to Instagram. I wouldn't mind seeing some some tread on the bottom of shoes that look like t- 
tyre tracks. That would be cool. Oh, I think they're around. But we digress. Let's get back to Instagram, where Mama of Hope, they had a selfie day out at Diamond Creek. Pretty cool idea. like to see a few more parkruns try this out. It's where you don't have a photographer for the week, but you just ask everyone to take selfies out on the course. And then that becomes your photo album for the week. How does that work with uploading to Facebook? Well, that's a commitment from the event team to collate everyone's photos. Oh, that sounds like a nightmare. I hope all those selfie photographers appreciated their event team this week because I know how long it takes to just upload a normal album from one single memory card or one camera on a weekend. So compiling photos from dozens if not hundreds of different runners that that's commitment it is but the result is well worth it as evidenced out at diamond creek on the weekend and a bunch of photos from mama of hope she had a fun morning she was in a lot of photos stark advertisements did a cool comic book strip of their parkrun adventures on the weekend as well i like how how people get creative with these things Underscore PK said, great morning for parkrunning at Mount Barker Parkrun. Even better for parkrun volunteering. Orange is the new slack. I'm not sure if he meant it's the new black. (laughs) Especially for us parkrun adventurers resting up before tomorrow's. I think underscore PK has our love of slack. The whole whole three of us. Well, that, that makes sense because he's in the Channel 4 News team, so... Thanks to Recreating Mel, who sent a photo posted by D. Andrews, 1976, with a very cool medal. I understand you got medals. If you went to Laylor on the weekend. <laughs> Might have been part of a themed run, perhaps, to celebrate a big international sporting competition. One of the biggest in the world. Happens every four years. And finally, wrapping up in Instagram, there was a really lovely photo taken at Gels where I was, and also some really nice comments from Hey TJ, and I will summarise, but she wanted to thank you, Mel, for being her inspiration and someone she can relate to in the running world, because you always ask the elite runners the questions that she's thinking, such as, aren't you worried about the bears? And you've inspired her to enter the half marathon this year, even though she's dead last in the slow training group. She's going to stick with it, and she's going to finish that race. Pretty sure it's one with a medal too. So you're inspiring others, Mel. Alrighty, well first up, the important questions have to be asked, and I take it upon myself to ask those questions. Secondly, I understand Hey TJ actually ran a PB at Gels on the weekend, so you might consider yourself to be the slowest of the slow pack, honey, but you still run just as far as everybody else does and you got to ring a bell on the weekends. So, fantastic job. Well done. That's. I can't wait till the next time I get a PB. I'm really looking forward to it. Haven't been training for it, but maybe I should do that and I could get one one day too. So, thank you. You're, you're inspiring me to try a little bit harder. And... Oh my goodness, everybody needs somebody to blame for signing up for crazy silly things like half marathons. So if you need someone to blame, then I am beyond proud to be that person. 
I'm sure you're going to have an amazing time and the medal will be very well earned. And Grant, I'm going to get this wrong, Grant Banch in Watford, UK said, Done! Casselberry Park Parkrun. Such a lovely course and where else would you be on a Saturday morning? And closer to home, our friends the Run Beyond Project. Our wonderful girls of the Run Beyond Project have started the Evans Run Club. Training kicked off today with a 3K run around the school. The new recruits really pushed themselves and had a brilliant time in the process. It was red faces galore at the end. Now that is pretty cool that now they've started their own run club. And there's a new cohort of girls coming through, which is awesome. Keep up the great work, Run Beyond Project. Rumour has it. Yes. We got a tweet. We had a couple of tweets this week, actually, um, which, which does happen from time to time. There are some that we can't mention because they are in cahoots with a certain two-week-long sporting event which shall remain nameless. However, we've got one from Ross Pentland who said, it took a while but finally got this screen. 10 consecutive different events. And he's got 10 in a row, all in Victoria, I believe. And he's topped it off with Chelsea Bicentennial on the weekend. That's a pretty cool effort. I love it when um, people do different things with trying to manipulate how their run results look. I don't know if you saw it a few years ago, Scotty. Somebody in the UK ran a different event every week in reverse alphabetical order of the first letter of the event so that when you read it down, it said, I love parkrun. I did see that. I would love... I've, I've tried to figure out how to do it in Australia, but we do not have... An event starting with U, I don't think. Or, yeah, no, we've got Vs, but I'm pretty sure we're missing a U. We need a park run starting with U so that we can make this happen. I just had a quick look at my profile. I can't do it. I've got no vowels. At all? No. I'm a sick. <laughs> I love park run sounds much better than Dershwakush. It does. <laughs> well, yours might say I love parkrun in a foreign language. You don't know. That might be one of the languages you haven't learnt yet. We are in Mongolia. I don't speak Mongolian. That's not one of the languages I speak. But we have a... I think you need to get on to that. Now, I have a question since I am still a little bit technologically challenged. Have we got... What's the news from Strava? What's the fun going on? We're massive. We're massive? Well, this is good news. How many people have we got in our club these days? In fact, I want to know how many kilometres our club ran last month. Can you tell me that? I'm not Ian Hay, but we're sitting on 151 members. Ooh. The recruitment slowed down a little, so I think it's about time we had a competition. And I think we're going to have a competition on Strava. And I think we're going to tell you all about it next week. So you all have a week to get your Strava game sorted. And for those who haven't joined the club yet, 
look us up. We'll, we'll share another link on the Facebook page. But go seek out Parkrun Adventurers on Strava and join the club because you're going to have to be in it for this particular competition. And it's going to be great. It's about time we had another adventure and this one's a goodie. This one's going to be fun. I guess it was at the top of the leaderboard last week. Uh, was it me? Not unless your name's Brendan Davies. For about the 10th or 20th week in a row. And what kind of kilometres do you need to do in a week to top Brendan Davies' efforts? It was pretty close this week. How, how's this? Brendan ran 130.3 kilometres. John Pearson, right. 130.1. So close, John. Oh, well, there you go, JP. You're going to have to... You're going to have to chase him down. John's in training for the World 24-Hour Championships at the moment, so he'll be clocking the Ks more and more, I believe, as, as time moves on. So that's all happening next week. Get on Strava. We don't have any launches this week, and is there any chance of getting some cake anywhere? There is, but you need to go to Tasmania to get it. They're having their second anniversary this weekend. And that's it. Yep. Come to the end again. This happens every week. Not only next week are we going to have a new competition, we're going to hear about your adventures at the Sunshine Coast Marathon. You're entered, correct? I am. I am doing a very, very significant event. Running in the heat of the day, 11am I believe is my start time. I will be doing the two kilometres this year to maximise the rest of my cheering time. I'm in a bit of a quandary though, Scotty. I haven't decided on a costume yet. What I like this year, I have no affiliations with any particular club or theme I can just go rogue. I'm a free agent. Give me your best costume ideas. Go. Hang on. So you entered the 2K event? Yes. Two kilometers. I have been on the taper for several months now. So I'm feeling sufficiently rested to be able to handle that kind of distance in a costume. Not for the faint-hearted. I'm thinking go over the top. Ooh, what's the top? Well, just create a scene. So, this year, <laughs> what sort of people are you sharing a 2K event with? Um, I'm not sure who will be running it with me this year, actually. It's, it's generally a whole bunch of people that have run like the half marathon or the 5K and then they're doing the 2K event with their children who all leave them in the dust. However, there is um, one of the Star Wars battalions always show up, or, or squadrons always show up. So there's always stormtroopers. Last year there was a Jawa. Um, so they're always there. I get my photo taken with them every year. It's a tradition. This will be the sixth. No, this will be the fifth Sunshine Coast Marathon um, festival. So... And I've participated every year. Got my Stormtrooper photo every year. Last year I was dressed as a flamingo. 
year before that, I was dressed as R2-D2 and a 2-2. Okay, here's um, what I'm thinking. Your main yep. competition for victory in the 2K is going to be the kids. For victory? You mean as in coming first? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. So dress up in something that will distract all the kids. Yes. What's big with the kids these days? Well, see, this is the thing. Do you want to distract the kids in so much as they will come flocking towards you or do you want to scare the bejesus out of them so they scatter and lose focus for the finish line? These are real questions. I don't have the answers for them. Let me think on it. If anyone else has got any suggestions, feel free to hashtag ParkrunAdventurers on Facebook or Instagram or tweet us and tell us what you think I should get dressed up as. Thanks for the pod this week, Mel. Look forward to hearing all about your adventures next week.